Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Um, but it is too good, good to be here this morning. I'm so excited to see all of you, um, whether you're in this room or whether we have overflow, maybe not until next service, but we've been having an overflow room that's full every week. And so we're super excited to see all of your faces. For those of you that are at home watching, not quite feeling comfortable to be here yet, we are excited that you've chosen to log on this morning. Check in with us and let us know you're here. Let us know um, that you're doing good. But you know, I have a lot of friends that um, are having to do, their kids are having to do school online and do uh, do it virtually. And so they literally have to go and check in every morning to say that they're here. So I encourage each of you that are joining us online, check in with us. Let us know you're here. Let us know that you're doing good and let us know how much you truly do love Pastor Don. You know, um, Pastor Don shared, um, always is up here sharing things about the girls and I that he never asks permission ahead of time to do. So this morning, I did not ask permission to share any, um, ask his permission of anything that I was going to share. And you know, I would love to say that for the next few minutes, I'm going to correct all of the things that he's talked about, the girls and I, about that he is not truthful on. No. Um, I would love to show you some great pictures of how much he really does love cats. But I don't know if I did that this morning, how much you would grow, um, how much you would learn, and how much you would really walk away with. Um, it'd, be, it'd be a lot of fun. But... This morning, I'm just going to share a few things, share some insight into our life, um, and really kind of, it'll just be fun. Um, But a few weeks ago, Pastor Don shared a message and told y'all about his flight home from Arizona through the Denver airport and about the man in seat 3A. You know, I love stories like that so much because it reminds me truly of how big God is. And in this massive world, God can move things around on my behalf and he can move things around on your behalf. You know, I pray that all the time, God work on my behalf. When I'm here on Sunday mornings, when I'm worshiping on the front row, or when I'm just spending time with him, when I'm giving God my time, whether that's through 21 days of prayer at 6 a.m. in the morning, whether that's through church services, whether that's through special services like the immersed water baptism that we had last Sunday, whether that's through small groups in person or virtually, even when I don't want to come, Even when I don't want to show up, but I do, I give God the opportunity to work on my behalf. He's moving things around for my good. He's working things out for my favor. He's opening up doors. He's closing windows and he's doing whatever needs to be done for me. And I love that story that Pastor Don shared because it really shows me how big God really is. And see, the interesting thing is I was supposed to be on that flight that day. I was supposed to be the one seated next to Pastor Don that day. I was the one that was supposed to get the free upgrade. But instead, God wanted to do something amazing in the man of seat 3A. And today I wanna tell you about my flight home in an order from Denver. And in order to do that, 
I need to give you some insight. I need to paint a picture of the man that normally travels with me, but was not that day. You see, my husband is an extremely stressful flyer, not really a person that you want to travel with, which does make life interesting considering I love to travel and I love to go places. But when we do travel together, not only do we have to be at the airport five hours before our flight actually leaves, we also have to be the first ones at the gate. He wants to get his seat. He wants to make sure he's prepared. So we're there five hours early. They don't even have our information up on the screen because we're so early. We're at the gate and we're ready. Not only does he wanna be there five hours early, not only does he wanna be the first one at the gate, but he also wants to be the first one on the plane because he's nervous, he's scared, he's worried that somebody's gonna get his seat. Even though he has a ticket with his seat on it. He wants to be the first one. He wants to be the first one on the plane because he wants to have plenty of overhead compartment space. Even though, because he is such a stressful flyer, we never fly where we need overhead space. We never take luggage that has to go in the overhead compartment because there just might not be any space available. So often when we fly, whether it's in this country or other countries, We're in arguments, we're in fights at many airports because I don't wanna be the first one on the plane. I don't wanna be there five hours early. I don't wanna be at the gate. So I'm usually in the bathroom because I've waited to the last minute to go to the bathroom or I'm looking around the shops or I'm technically hiding or stalling because I don't want want to go on, I don't want to be on a plane where I have to sit and wait either on a too hot plane or a too cold plane while people take their time getting on. So a few weeks ago, I was in the Denver airport after visiting my aunt and I was flying home and of course I was the last, one of the last ones on the plane. I get to my row and there's a lady sitting in my seat. So I began to put my luggage in the overhead compartment because I'm traveling alone so I can carry luggage on with me and I'm not worried about it having to go in the overhead compartment. And so she begins to talk to me and she asks me if she could have my window seat. And now at this point, what she doesn't realize is I'm so excited and I would have given her really anything that she had asked me for at that moment, but not because she wanted my window seat and I wanted her aisle seat, but because it was obvious that the lady in 6A was an Indian woman. And can I just tell you that I love Indian people. God has put a love for me in their heart and I wear almost every day a necklace that has a pendant of the country of India on it. And I had it on that day and I showed it to her. I love India and I love Indian people. So I'm so excited at this point for this next two hour flight I'm about to be on. You know, the past several years, Pastor Don and I have had the honor and privilege to go to India and to share and do ministry there. But due to the pandemic and due to COVID, we haven't been able to do that in this year for 2020. But last year in 2019, we were able to go twice, once in March to visit our people. Um, And then again in October to the South, where it's a little bit more open, we did a conference there. But I was so sick in October that I spent the entire time that we were in India in the Indian hotel. It was awful. It was horrible. I was sad. I was so disappointed. But you see, God knows, and he truly loves me so much. He knew that I was struggling not being able to go to India. 
He knew that I was missing my friends over in India. And in this massive world, he put an Indian woman, not just on my flight, but he put an Indian woman in my seat. You see me and my new friend talked the entire way home. She grew up in India and she's lived in the United States about the last 30 years. She's been saved about the last eight years and is a part of a great church in San Antonio. And it was super fun to talk to her, to get her take on what it was like going from the Hindu religion to Christianity and to talk about all that God had done in her life. As we were leaving my new friend in 6A, she says to me, I was so blessed getting to sit with you. See, she thought I was blessing her by being there. But family, hear what I'm saying today. Talking to her was like talking to my friends in India. Talking to her was like God telling me, sweetheart, I see you. I hear you. I understand you. And I love you so very much that I'm going to move flights around. I'm going to move people around. I'm going to move heaven and earth to show you how much you mean to me. You see, God is a big God. God is a faithful God. God is a caring God. And God still is working on your behalf and my behalf today. So friends, I want you to know if you feel like you've been forgotten, if you feel isolated, if you feel like you need a 3A or a 6A kind of story in your life, I believe that the God of this universe is big enough. He cares enough about you because you showed up this morning, because you logged on this morning, because you came today, you showed up, which allows God to work on your behalf. And when you come and you hear my story, And when I come and I hear your story, it causes your faith to increase and it causes my faith to increase because we are better together. That's the message that I have for us today. The title is called Better Together and that's what I wanna talk to us about. We really are better together and I'm so thankful that God has allowed us to come together and be a blessing to each other. Even if it's just for a two hour flight where I was able to encourage my new friend and be a blessing and she was able to encourage me and be a blessing. But I'm understanding more and more how important it is that relationships are. I'm not talking about Instagram relationships. I'm not talking about fake friends that are nice to your face but aren't nice behind your back. I'm not talking about acquaintances. I'm talking about real, genuine friendships. And those can be hard to find. Those can take time. They can take energy. They can take effort. But they're worth it. You know, the older I get, those are the ones that I really go after. Those are the ones that I put my time and my energy into. I'm really learning how important it is to be in a community with one another, to be in fellowship with one another, to be in groups with one another. So today I want to share with you why we are better together, what true friendship looks like, and some ideas on how to build relationships. You're going to hear me talk a lot about groups today because I've seen for myself how people grow and are supported in groups. And I want each and every one of us to experience that. I see how God has put people, has put family, has put friends in my life, not only to hold me accountable, not only to sharpen me through prayer, but to support me, to link arms with me so that I can weather the storms of life. 
Those are the things that make us better when we support one another, when we grow with one another, when we hold each other accountable, and when we pray for one another. That's what healthy friendships look like. And I believe that that's what God has intended for all of us, to live a life that is together with others because we are better together. You see, this from the beginning just hasn't been my idea. It's always been God's idea and what God intended for family, for relationships, and for friendships. In Genesis 2, uh, 18, when God created Adam, he stood back and he said, it is not good that Adam be alone, so therefore he created Eve. When he was done, he... When he was done, he put in them a heart and all of them for relationships, for love, and for family. He said to Adam and Eve, I want you to go and I want you to increase on this earth. What he was saying was, I want you to grow your family strong. Bring other people into fellowship with you. Build a family. Build a group of people around you. You see, family isn't always just about the family that you were born into. The Bible says in the common English version of Proverbs 18, verse 24, some friends don't help, but a true friend is closer even than family. You know, we can build friendships that feel like family. You know, I know that there are people here today and they've experienced this by joining a group. By joining a group, Maybe they don't have family that lives around here. Or maybe the family that does live around here isn't living for the Lord. They have created families out of friendships and they have grown over time. They've grown through groups. They've built strong relationships together. I love illustrations and I think they just help us so much kind of remember the message or remember the point or get across what God's trying to do. And I think it's so awesome that God has given us an amazing picture in nature of what it really means to be better together. A few weeks ago when Pastor Don and I were in Arizona, we were visiting, to sh- visiting and showing our love and support to Pastor Joshua and Christina Pinkston. And while we were there, we took some extra time and we went to the Grand Canyon. On our way to the Grand Canyon, we drove through this beautiful area of redwood trees. Now, I would love to tell you that at that point I had this message together and I had thought ahead and I knew that God was going to use this illustration and I had taken some beautiful pictures of these redwood trees, but I didn't have my stuff all together then. I didn't know that God was going to use this illustration, but I did get some great pictures at the Grand Canyon that I'm going to show you today. So guys, go ahead. Put them up there. Oh, so cute. Look at Don and I. Oh, we have lots of these pictures of him by himself. We're not quite sure why, but he wanted lots of pictures of him by himself. Oh, there's Camry. Callie had to work, so she wasn't able to go. And then one more. Do we have one of the whole massive? Um, There you go. Next service, maybe we could get that one really big. So you could see the pictures don't really do it justice. It's massive. It's huge. It goes on forever. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, But here's actually some actual redwood trees. Look at that. These trees are, I want you to notice how close together they are and how tall they are. It's really hard to see in the pictures, but I want us to focus on how close they are together. God is serious about 
us being together. And he gave us such a great illustration, such a great um, thing, to a visual in nature. Redwood trees are so unique. I've done a lot of research lately on redwood trees. Redwood trees can grow to be over 350 feet tall in the air, and they grow super, super close together. What I found out that was so interesting is that their root systems are really shallow. They're only about five to eight feet deep underground. Now you would think, or I actually thought that because of something so tall, they would have to have a root system that went down super deep, but that's not the case. It doesn't have to have a root system that's super deep to hold itself up. What's amazing is that the root system doesn't go down deep, but it spreads super wide. These roots find the roots of the other trees and they begin to intertwine together. They begin to intermingle with one another. And it says that they find nutrition from one another. And literally, the way their roots are connected with one another, it can hold each other up. It says that for thousands of years, um, a tree can be there and it can die, but it would take over a hundred years for that root system, for that tree to fall because its root system is so intermingled. It's so intertwined with the other root systems. You see, it finds strength in all areas of life, in all climates of life by being woven together, by being intertwined with one another, by being intertwined with the trees. So whether the wind blows, whether the rain comes down, whether there's a drought, there's always stability in the forest of the redwood tree. You see, we need to be united like those trees. We need to be like the redwood trees. And I believe if we are, then we can withstand the storms of life. We can withstand any drought. We can withstand whatever comes our way because we are holding one another up and we are giving nutrition and life to one another. So when you are a part of a body of believers, when you're a part of a small group, whether that's in person or a virtual group, you are building a strong root system. You are literally intertwining or intermingling yourself with people that can hold you up when you are weak. So that when there are times in your life that you feel dead inside, like you can't go on and like you want to give up, you need those trees. You need those people in your life that can hold you up, that can give you life, that can give you nutrition, and that can speak life over you when you need it. But you also need to be those trees in other people's life, holding them up during a drought, holding them up during a rainy season of life. You know, I've seen this in action many times with our groups here at Tree. I've seen people grow in their walk with the Lord. I've seen marriages restored, family members reconnected, and people overcoming tough challenges. I've seen them supported through sickness, through job loss, all from knowing that they have been woven together with other people, that they have been doing life with other people because they know and they understand that we are all better together. You know, here's the deal. God, good relationships are a two-way street. It takes more than one redwood tree in the forest doing its part to make a forest grow. You know, I've had good people in my life. I've had good people that need to surround me, and I need to be that good person to other people. As much as, it's as much about me giving as it is about me receiving. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 3.13 to encourage one another daily. 
quickly. It doesn't say to wait around and be encouraged. It says that we have to exchange encouragement with one another on a daily basis. Did you know that when you need encouragement, the greatest thing that you can do is speak encouragement into someone else? Because when you speak encouragement into them, you're not only speaking life into them, but as a result, you're breathing God's life into your own soul. It's an exchange of encouragement that happens. You see, we can't be islands unto ourselves. We have to do life together with others because we are better together. And I believe that we're the happiest when we are living for other people. In fact, I did some research and there was a study done on happiness. And it was interesting and it talked about the action of happiness or what it takes to create that emotion or the feeling of happiness within us. And you would think that you're the most happy maybe when you go on vacation or maybe when you get presents, maybe when you go to a party, But really what the study said was that you were the happiest or you are able to create this feeling of happiness when you are helpful to others. When your purpose is tied to someone else's purpose and helping them fulfill it, that's when we are the happiness, the happiest. And you know, I believe that that's what makes this church work. I believe that that's what makes groups work. I believe that that's what makes this church what it is. I believe that this church is a place where you can come and you can be loved on. You can be prayed for. You can be encouraged. But it's also a place that you can come and you can be the one loving on others. You can be the one praying for others. You can be the one encouraging others. This church is a place that you can come and we'll link arms with you. And I love this church because you don't have to be perfect to be here. You don't have to be perfect to be loved. You don't have to be perfect to join a group. No one's judging you. They're just here doing the best that they can, loving you and being as helpful as they can. I do want to say that I know that sometimes it feels like life might be easier if you were to do it alone, because sometimes there's people in our lives, sometimes we're, we've, we've got people around us that are annoying, people around us that might be aggravating or frustrating. And I'm not saying that we can lock arms with just anyone, but trust me, I know what it's like to have, him, um, to have important people around you, to find the right people around you. We all have people in our life that need to stretch us. We all have people in our life that help us grow. But I do believe that God has placed people in our life to stretch us and to grow us. Um, God will give you the grace to deal with those people. Maybe they're coworkers, maybe they're acquaintances, maybe they're even family members, but we all have people that are around us, but God just might have you be the one that's speaking life into them, speaking encouragement into them, being a blessing to them, because I also know that we can be the aggravating one. We can be the annoying one. We can be the frustrating one at times. All of us in here, have at one time or another been that person. So we need to make sure that we're speaking life into the relationships around us. God intended us to be in relationships. He intended us to be in families, to be in a fellowship with one another, to motivate, to strengthen, and to support each other. That's the healthy way to live. In Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help them up. 
but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You see, if we're going to find healthy, be a health, find healthy lives or live a healthy life, we have to understand how important it is to build healthy relationships, to develop strong relationships, to develop a community with people, to grow relationships around us, whether that's in a virtual group, whether that's in an in-person group, or whether it's just doing life with the people around us. It's so important that we build a strong group around us. One of the ways that we can be a helpful person is to look after the best interest of someone else. And what I mean by that is illustrated in the Bible when it says that we are to sharpen one another. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And I've been thinking about that word. And if you think about it for a minute, if you've ever cut your hand on a knife, you know sharp things hurt. They don't always feel good but you better have some sharp people around you. And I'm not just talking about people that'll tell you what you wanna hear. I'm talking about people that will strike iron with you, that will sharpen you, because I want to know when I'm headed in the wrong direction. I wanna know when I'm not seeing everything of a situation clearly. Sometimes I need iron to sharpen me. And sometimes that can hurt, but when it's done in love by people who have earned that place in my life, it changes me for the better. It grows me to be more like Jesus and it catapults me into the things that God has for me and for my life. So God is saying, I want people in your life to sharpen you as you sharpen them. But again, that only comes from trusted relationships, a trusted group of people, a place where you know and feel genuinely loved. I can tell you that some of my greatest growth has come when I've been challenged by the people that love me most, when I've been held accountable, when I've been pushed to do things by people that love me the most, because they not only hold me accountable, They not only sharpen me, but they're able to link arms with me. They're able to intertwine their root system with my root system. So what am I saying today? I'm saying that we are better together and we have to do life with the people that are around us. You know, this whole message came about because I've been so mad at the enemy. I've been so mad at the devil because of what COVID has done to relationships and how they've changed them so much. Because either you can't get together or when you do get together, you have to wear a mask and you can't breathe, you can't hear people. It's caused us at the beginning to get in such fear across the globe and it's caused us to isolate ourselves. And I honestly feel like that's one of the worst things that we could do as people. Now, I believe that we need to follow the rules. I believe that we need to wear masks. I believe that we need to wash our hands, that we need to use sanitizer. I believe that we need to do whatever we can to slow or to stop the spread of this virus. But I also believe that the enemy has used isolation to mess with people. Isolation causes or leads to loneliness. It leads to fear. It leads to rejection. It leads to depression. All emotions that I struggle with. It's damaging to both our mental and our physical help. Again, the Lord never meant for us to do life alone. So maybe you were a mom and a wife here and you've um, been struggling. 
You had already been struggling just trying to keep your head above the water with those two things. And then because of the pandemic, because of the outbreak, because of COVID, you throw now you're having to become a full-time teacher to your children. And it's just caused you to be under a little bit more stress than you feel like you can take. Maybe you're the provider and you're um, concerned about all of the cutbacks and the layoffs that have been going on. You know, so much in our lives changed overnight. And I believe that the enemy used the isolation to scare people and to cause them to live in fear. Now people are staying home because it's more comfortable or it's easier. Not everyone, I understand, but there are some that are. We need to make sure that we're doing life with one another. You might be surprised to know, I was surprised to know that the Bible says over 50 times in the word, the, the phrase one another. In 1 Peter 4, 8, it says, love one another deeply. In Ephesians 4, verse 2, it says, be patient with one another in love. Ephesians 4, 32 says, be kind and compassionate with one another. Galatians 5, verse 13 says, serve one another. Hebrews 10, 25 says, encourage one another. Galatians 6, 2 says, carry one another's burdens. Don't isolate yourself because you think you're strong enough and you've got it and everything's gonna be okay because you might be strong enough to do what you have in mind, but you're nowhere close to being strong enough to do what God has in mind without other people around you. We all need to be people that are investing in others. And you can invest in people in a lot of different ways. You can give them money. You can give them gifts. You can do nice things for them. But can I tell you, when you give them your greatest resource, your time, yourself, it makes all the difference in the world. You begin to intertwine your life with someone else's, even if it's just for a season. I believe that that's when you can stand strong. I believe that that's when you'll grow and that's when you'll be able to stand the storms of life just like the redwood trees. God intended us to do life together, to live a life for other people. So I ask you this morning, who are you intertwined with today? Who are you investing in today? Who are you allowing to invest into you today? Building those kind of relationships is what God intended for every single one of us to do. And I can truly say that I am who I am today, not because of the great decisions that I've made and not because I'm so smart, but because I've put people in my life that have helped me, that have motivated me, that have challenged me, that have pushed me to do things, even when I didn't want to do them or when I didn't want to hear them. I listen and I grow. And I believe that you could probably say the same thing this morning. I believe that God has put people in your life that can do those same things for you like he has in mine. God's put people in your life that are pushing you and growing you to do better. But my question is, are you listening? Are you investing the time in your relationship with the heavenly father? And are you investing your time in the relationship that God's the relationships that God's called you to or that God's given you? Or are you investing your time and your energy in Facebook relationships, Snapchat relationships, Instagram relationships? We were never intended to isolate ourselves behind a phone or behind a camera. We cannot live as islands unto ourselves. We were not created to do this life alone.
You see, when we come together as a body of believers, something powerful happens, something changes that just doesn't happen when we're on our own. We draw strength from each other. You see, when your praise gets mixed with my praise, power is released, healing is released, joy is released. Every time we come together, we're being refreshed. We're being restored. We're being re-energized. It's like our battery is being recharged. What the weak took out of us, God is putting back into us. There's something that happens corporately that just doesn't happen when you're alone. In the Bible, David says, let us magnify the Lord together. We can't do it alone. When we come together in praise and in worship and being here, it's like the intensity is turned up. You know, people tell us all the time that when they drive onto this campus, they feel the presence of God. Pastor Don and I pray this all the time. The team prays this, that when people will come onto this property or come into this building, that they'll be transformed when they're here. It's together with your faith. It's together with my faith that makes this ordinary building a house of God, where people's lives are changed, sicknesses are removed, marriages are restored, lost kids come home, minds are renewed, and breakthrough happens. Our faith mixed with everyone else's faith, whether that's during a Sunday morning service, whether that's in an outside water baptism night, whether that's in a small group in person or online, something powerful happens. It breaks bondages, it lifts depression, it restores joy, and it brings healing. There's something powerful that takes place. Your faith is making me stronger. Your praise is helping me fight my battles. Your smile gives me joy. When we come together, it's, we're not only refueling ourselves, but we're helping refuel other people. Sometimes if you feel like you've got it all together and you're good and you don't need anything, why don't you go ahead and come? Why don't you go ahead and log on? Because your praise, your energy, your life is what brings people together, is what helps encourage other people because we are better together. So what am I really saying this morning? I'm saying, I can't do my life without you. You can't do your life without me. I can't do what God's called me to do without you, and you can't do what God's called you to do without me. I can't grow without you coming and getting involved, without you building relationships, without you being a part of a small group. I can't grow, and neither can you. You see, together we are stronger, together we can withstand the storms of life, and together we can face what this life will throw at us. Together we can push back and we can fight the enemy. We are better together. For those of you that know me, you know that I love gifts, and I could not leave this morning without making sure you had something. Um, and so I had these magnets made for all of us. You'll be able to pick it up on, on your way out at the table. And it's a cute magnet. It came out really good. It has our little tree logo over here and it says tree, but underneath it, it says better together. And you know, this magnet has a purpose. This magnet was created for a purpose. And I believe just like the redwood trees, until we come together, until we stay connected, until we do what God's called us to do, we can't fully realize or understand what that purpose is. But what I wanna tell you this morning is you have a God-given gift. You have a God-given destiny and you have a God-given purpose. But that's only fully realized when you do two things, when you connect to the Heavenly Father 
and when you connect with others, then your purpose is revealed because we are better together. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.